Um, all right. Uh, hey guys, so I think I'm gonna do the intro now. Actually, wait, hold on. I'm gonna gonna run to the bathroom quick. Yeah, hold on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Winner Winner Podcast. It is a Player Unknown's Battlegrounds podcast. I'm one of your hosts today, Robin. And I'm your other host, Arjuna. And uh, we are actually joined by a guest host today. Why don't we just let him introduce himself right now? Hey, I'm Heathy Keithy. You see me on the Discord from time to time. I like to play on the tactical sessions with the boys occasionally, and I'm a big fan of the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. Woo! Yeah. It's, Hell yeah. Thanks yeah. for coming. Thanks for joining us from halfway around the world today yeah gold gold coast australia oh Wh- which coast is that so that's the east coast and what time is it in australia right now it's 1 p.m in the afternoon ah oh, perfect mm. man robin we need to move to australia they have better time than we do <laughs> worst yeah. ping though Ping's really <laughs> okay. bad at the moment mm-hmm. yeah. the lighting here in oregon sucks right now yeah it's like all dim and weird so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I hear the Australians have a fuller UV spectrum than we do. Yeah, we get burnt really bad. So sorry, <laughs> that was that was a mean joke. <laughs> so pretty much anyone that's in the Discord that has an accent, we invite on the show. Um, uh, <laughs> so you know, if you're a <laughs> listener and you uh, you know you want to be on the radio and you are from somewhere outside the US, just jump in the Discord and we'll just y'all you're right on yeah just just do a little bullshitting you know do do a few full car squad nade kills and uh you'll you'll get right on the show mm-hmm. you also have to be willing to guinea pig yourself for science which we'll get to later with, uh, <laughs> with <Nithi Kithi. laughs> yeah well, that's a good segue robin so what are we going to be talking about today all right so uh that the science part I just alluded to is we wanted to do a little follow-up on transcranial direct current stimulation, which is one of the things we talked about, I think, two weeks ago in terms of how to improve your aim. And Heathy Keithy is a maker and tinkerer, and he actually threw a device together to start experimenting. So I haven't heard any reports from him really on how it's gone, and so I was hoping to probe him and see kind of how that's been going. And... Um, yeah, we'll do an intro, and then the main topic we're going to talk about after the transcranial direct current stimulation is going to be squad play, how to play well in squads, which we've covered on and off a lot, but I put out some um, queries to the community in terms of what their thoughts are on it, because I know there's a lot of people in our Discord that play a lot of squads, and I figured the lessons we were talking about six months ago are probably different than the lessons that people have now now that we've like really matured <laughs> into this game and into play styles. So um, we're going to go over a couple of people's tips on that, including uh, Heathy Keithy gave me a, a cool response. So that's part of the reason we're having him on is to uh, talk about squad play. So that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. we've got a couple of current events in PUBG as well. Um, you know, some some things have been happening there. Do you wanna do you wanna just quickly hit on those before we 
get into that main stuff. Yeah, <laughs> quickly, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, there's actually some juicy stuff here, I thought. Um, Wacky Jackie did a video on what the deadliest AR is, and mm. really cool video. He produced really nice data with it, and basically what he does is he takes the um, damage per second of weapons and compares them against different types of armor and hmm. figures out how many types how many basically how fast it takes to kill somebody with different armor types for all of the ARs and um it was really illuminating um spoiler the groza is the best uh, pretty much all be the time yeah yep except the M16 is better sometimes against certain armor types oh and then okay. yep from there the i think the scar was pretty much the worst and the M4 was actually a pretty close runner-up most of the time. Um, so my uh, takeaway so, so is... the best, you mean? Yeah, for mm, deadliest. Okay. Yeah, because of the... Uh, it, it does have a higher fire rate than a lot of the other ones. So, um, yeah. But it's there's enough detail there that, you know, you can kind of read it and decide for yourself. There's a... The Groza was mm, better than the others... But not by a huge margin, which I was happy to see. Um, it was good to see that the spread in terms of time to kill between all these weapons was n about what you would expect, I guess. But I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like um, 0.19 up to maybe like 0.34 for the worst case for time to kill. And um, yeah, so that's not, that's not... And I can't remember what cases, like what armor that class that was in, but... Um, again, my takeaway was M4, unless you find a Groza for your AR. <laughs> and um, yeah, did you guys see that by chance? No, yeah, I, I, I saw it. I was, I was really surprised. Mm -hmm. What were you surprised by? Yeah, the AK, the end, like end of game, if mm. I don't have an AK, I normally grab one to take on the level 3 vests and the level 2 helmets, mm -hmm. and, and that fared the worst against the level 3 vests and helmet in class, mm. Mm -hmm. which is, yeah, this, that's been my go-to if I, you know, I start the game off with any weapon, because it's fun, and then think, oh, I've got to get serious now, I'll pick up something that can take people down, and yeah. turns out I remember turns out it doesn't, yeah. the AK performing well with the headshots. Um mm -hmm which it's harder to control, so it'd be harder to line those up. Um, one of the things I liked about the way Wacky Jackie broke it down was, I think it was, I can't remember if he did all three classes of armor, if it was just level two and three, but he did um, all shots at vest, all shots at helmet, and then two shots at vest and one at helmet, and which is a really common case, I think. Um, and it'd be hard to get all the cases because there's a lot of different body parts like arms and um, neck and shoulders and things like that. But um, he did a pretty good job of simplifying it. And I do, I was equally surprised that the AK wasn't um, as, as powerful as you would assume or as you'd, uh, I feel like we've observed. And, um, but I did think it had a kind of a strong um, case for the headshot still, so... Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that that surprises me too that 762 should in theory hit that armor a lot harder than the 556 so i'm a little disappointed to hear that myself mm -hmm. Did, was it is it just a function of the fire rate is that why it wasn't performing as well well let's see here so akm oh he doesn't have the dps and stuff in this chart i'm looking at but 
it, it, I mean, it, it's just a function of damage and fire, right? At the end of the day, right? Yeah. So, with the headshot category for the AKM on a level three, it's point one seconds. So it's probably I don't know how many shots, maybe two, I think, um, against a level three helmet. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's it's true for all helmets. It looks like, yeah. So anyway, if you want to get really gritty about which AR you choose and you want to support your choice to your friends with data, definitely watch that video. Yeah, or you can you can just stick to the M16 with the 3x scope and just be confident <laughs> that you're making the right choice, you know? Mm. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Wacky was also talking about the desync patch. So what what was going on there? Right, I just saw that today, and apparently, uh, PUBG found a bug about the way they interpolate movement, and it was exacerbating certain problems with desync. And Wacky Jackie claimed that he noticed a pretty immediate um, improvement. I haven't played since that patch came out. And but I, you know, I kind of take his word for it. He does seem to be a bit on the fanboy side of things lately, so I kind of have been taking his praises with a grain of salt lately, mm. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. But that sounds like good news. I mean, if desync is decreased, then that's great. Like, there were cases that he had in the video where he was getting shot by people before they even appeared to him. God. And he mentioned this concept that I've heard mentioned in the Rainbow Six context, and it's called Peeker's Advantage. And Wacky Jackie was saying it's it's going to apply to all multiplayer shooters. And the basic idea, in Rainbow Six, Ubisoft, they even put out a really detailed description of how this works, and maybe even how they were trying to mitigate it a little. But I think it's just an artifact of the way that... Um, synchronization with the server works between clients and basically the first person to expose themselves is going to have a slight advantage in terms of landing shots that are going to be registered and also in seeing their opponent something like that Hmm. and it was i looked at it at work and it was it looked kind of complicated and i didn't have time to understand it enough to tell everybody how it works but um yeah worth kind of looking into and understanding maybe for a future episode it's kind of good that it it actually um promotes storming a room rather than being the guy camping in the corner because exactly. you actually get that slight advantage yeah is it yep. enough times that you've been behind the door you know waiting for them to come in and they've still burst in and killed you and mm-hmm. more than likely that's that's why and as well you were tracking the wrong spot mm-hmm. right you know. Like, like yep. you talked about last week about you, you started aiming at the other side of the door. You know, when you think they're coming instead of instead of the side of the door you think they're coming from, you actually aim away from it to give yourself a bit of a break. Right. I, I've been trying to do that, and I yeah. find that that's been really helpful. Nice. Groovy. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you, Heathy Keithy. It kind of matches my anecdotal experience of, like, I, I've always felt like, as a defender, I have a positional advantage, but I have often been shocked at like, you know, how did I still lose that encounter, right? How did that mm. person burst in and I knew exactly where they were going to be and I still lost it? And, uh, you know, I wonder if that is, is part of it. Another anecdotal thing I was just thinking about is that, uh, and we don't need to go deep down in this rabbit hole, but I've just been thinking lately about how 
uh, being still in this game is really a death sentence. And I think what happens mm -hmm. a lot is a defender thinks, oh, well, you know, I'm in this good spot, I'm crouched, I'm in a corner in the staircase or something, and someone runs through the door and they're actually, they're moving. So you're trying to get them, you know, you're trying to get on target when they're running through the door. And meanwhile, they see you, they know exactly where you are and they just, you know, they just get on target and take you out. So anyway, these are just the kinds of things that Arjuna thinks about when he's hmm. on the pisser. <laughs> the, uh, who gets on target? The person storming the room does? They, yeah, they, they yeah. on average, mm -hmm. might actually have a better shot at getting on target with their opponent simply because their opponent isn't moving. Hmm. You know? We should do a challenge where you have to move the whole game. Oh, I love it. Always WASD. Yep. Can't. Mm -hmm. Yep. Even when you're ADS. I think I just play like that now just from paranoia from being headshot not just squirrel all the time yeah yeah it'd be funny to have a macro where your last wasd button that got pressed just stays on <laughs> <laughs> i love it no that's it you yeah. can just change your movement keys from from hold down to toggle that yes exactly great. yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i would love it <laughs> so speaking of customization, uh, our Xbox brethren just got custom games. And so, you know, that's been a pretty exciting development in the Xbox community, which is funny because the Xbox wow. wave has already crashed ashore and dissipated on the PC side of things. So, you know, it's... Oh, the custom wave. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I feel like our Xbox buddies are like just learning about the perm, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah so, hey heath do you play customs ever anymore i do i played this week actually I've, and it's really broken like it's is it it would yeah uh you get you get caught in a like a menu loop now and the games hang like once the game finishes it doesn't leave the queue oh, no. sort of thing and you can't kind of do anything in the next game until the last game officially ends which can take minutes sometimes but i've actually been joining games with um papa stanimus a twitch streamer Oh, mm -hmm. nice. Do you know him at all? Yeah, and, no? and I, I found him by... Um, I just saw him listed in the custom games, you know, and, he, and he called it like Papa Stanimus or whatever, so I checked his Twitch, and there mm -hmm. he was playing live, which gives you that feedback. Like, what, what would you guys used to do when you ran custom games? Is you knew when the game was going to start because you were on the other end of the Discord going, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to set it up. You know? <laughs> and that's what... <laughs> That's what Papa does while he's online, but he's very casual about it, and he's very quick and good at it. You know, not, uh -huh. not not that you guys weren't good at it. Not like not like us. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got it buttoned down. You know, he's got the circle sizes correct for the amount of people and that sort of thing. Yeah, and it was cool. a bit really enjoyable to play. And and now they've got the new um, sliders, so he's got like headshot only games, stuff like that, mm. which Dude. they are they're really fun. Yeah. So wait, does that mean you can't do damage unless that unless yeah. it's headshots? Dude. Wow. No damage. Oh my so. God. So you run like Carnot eights and yeah, customs have gotten a lot cooler. Mm -hmm. Yes and no though, because the games aren't populating because there's just yeah. thousands of them and they're using yeah. up all the servers and no one's in them. And yeah, mm. when we we're playing with Popper, he's sitting there, he's clicking start game ah, and it's just saying server shame. busy, server busy. And this this went on for like five minutes. Man, oh that sucks. It's such a shame because I think that they've made a lot of improvements to the options, but apparently by democratizing it and opening it up to everybody 
it just ruined it. I have hardly played custom since then. I, yeah. I tried for a week or two and was like, forget it. I'm just yeah. over it. If, if it takes more than three minutes for the game to start, people just leave and then it doesn't yeah. have enough critical mass to take off. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. I'm waiting for PUBG 2. That's what I'm waiting for. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, our Xbox buddies are having a blast with customs. It seems like the games have been well populated over on the Xbox side, and you know Heinze has been leading some and participating mm. in some streamer customs, and it's yeah. just you know it's a, it's a happening thing again over there. So I'm excited That's about cool. that. Yeah, wow, kind of makes me want to bring back PC customs. I wonder if um, I wonder if people would join up again if we did PC customs because we switched to kind of tactics night because that's what I was more inspired by. Yeah, but. Yeah, Might maybe we can to do that. Drum it up again. I'd be down for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. get, get the people behind it, and then it can actually work. So, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Well, next time you jump on, if you jump on with that streamer and there's people, you mm-hmm. should definitely ping the Discord and ping us, and we'll get something going. Oh no, we'll just poach all his people. There you go. Bring them over to yours. Yeah. Mm, That's okay. what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, actually, um, straight butter or straight. Yeah, there's like three guys in the Discord that have straight in their name. Yeah, I don't know who yeah. it was. But he was actually watching this streamer and he saw me playing. Oh, nice. Because I ended up on the on the streamer's team and he was like, oh, he jumped on as well. And he ended up, we ended up jumping in the Discord together and playing War Mode. See, the, the mm. power of PUBG to bring people yeah. together. Speaking of something else which may or may not bring people together, they data mined the snow map. Mm. And, you know, this is... Like, isn't it interesting how this map was big news back in January or February when they unveiled it? Oh, God. Mm. Was it that long ago? (laughs) And now it's almost like, it's Mm. like people are like already over it before it's even been released. It's kind of of funny. Yeah. I'm kind of, seeing the footage, um, I'm kind of stoked about it. But I also, Wacky Jackie put out two different videos on it and it has a kind of Scandinavian feel. Um, very, everything's kind of made out of stone, and it actually looks kind of pleasant. Um, I didn't see any vegetation, so I'm mm. betting they'll add that later. It's just not in this model, hopefully, because mm-hmm. right now it's just a barren snow desert, and it has buildings and hills. But, um, but I thought that the castle, I was kind of underwhelmed by the castle. But I thought the map itself looked great, and then the the castle was like, <laughs> Wacky Jackie gave this really flattering like walkthrough review. He's just like, oh man, like you can tell this was built for battle, and as he's flying through it, it's just like it just looked really kind of flat and featureless, and like there actually wasn't a lot of cover um, aside from just the walls of the rooms and windows and things like that. So I wasn't you know super stoked about that, but. I am excited for the snow map at large. So hopefully I'm still playing this game when it comes out. <laughs> when is it coming out? Uh, winter? Yeah, they've talked about quarter four. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we don't know exactly, but I, I mean, we're in quarter four now, I guess. But I would, I would hope that they'd release it before the end of the year. Who really knows? I was just going to say, you know, my excitement for this map has revolved entirely around the snow and how they actually Mm. implement the snow mechanics. Mm. And, you know, it's hard to, it's kind of hard to feel optimistic when it's it's PUBG Corp developing it. 
But, you know, I, I have to say, like, something that would really, really get me excited about this game again would be, like, if you could track people in the snow. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, if the blizzards, like, if, if blizzards really impacted your ability to see and aim and stuff, that would be really cool. Ooh, yes. And... Like dynamic weather with, with snow blowing around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just think it would be amazing. And then... yeah. I would I would also love it if the amount of snow cover in the area you were affected the noise of, of things in general. Um, mm. you know, dampened gunshots and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is a thing. I snow definitely dampens sound. So Yeah, it does. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I would I, I'm really curious about this actually, like to talk to someone who knows about such things, but like if you were out in in a snowy place how much further uh, uh, it's sorry like how much closer you'd have to be to hear something like a sniper rifle you know mm. i just i wonder what the cumulative dampening effect actually is yeah i think it it would probably depend a lot on not just whether or not there's snow but also whether you're in trees because i know in a mm. conifer forest if it has if the trees have snow then sound oh, doesn't travel very far at all yeah right Mm-hmm. That's a great and point. And that's, you know, just being out snowshoeing and stuff in that kind of environment. It's like, if you get separated by your crew by a couple hundred meters, like, you're, that's pretty much out of acoustic range. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Which wouldn't be true in the summer in most cases. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm, that's a big part of my hope riding on this. I also think it'd be really cool if like, you know, if you could see blood splats in the snow and stuff like that. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. I hadn't uh, thought about I, that. I, I heard a few keywords from Endura just saying like the word hope was used a lot. And I just, I feel like with PUBG, we're dealing with like, you know, that ex-girlfriend that was just really attractive, but she just didn't fucking like you. <laughs> you know, like, and you couldn't break it off because she was too good and she'd buy sexy lingerie that you never saw her put on. And you're like, who, who are you buying that for? <laughs> it's, it's the snow map, it's the lingerie and, and they're wearing it for someone else. It's never coming. It's never coming, guys. Oh, dang. It hurts on so many levels. Uh. Crushing and true. <laughs> let's hope that we're all proven wrong. You know, let's hope that she calls you yeah. again, Heathy Keithy. Yeah, I, I hope I hope we're all wrong. I hope she doesn't call me again. It's like <laughs> over. <laughs> that away. Yeah. Well. I think we should talk about electricity. Yeah, speaking of Dumb. something stimulating, you have been shocking your skull with batteries. Is that correct? Yeah, let's. Th- yeah, at the, at the beginning, Robin talked about this in the previous episode about transcranial direct current stimulation. And after the episode, I don't think the episode was finished. I went home and got like a nine volt battery <laughs> and looked up the first schematic I could find on the internet. And I made some electrodes and I wired it to my head. I turned it on and saw like bright flashes of light and tasted metallic in the back of oh, my throat. jeez. <laughs> And was no. like, uh, what, hang on, what, what am I doing? And I undid it all and then actually did some real research and realized that I am lucky I didn't do any serious damage. Um, wow. Yeah, this is, this is a brain yeah. science. This is not just like something you just plug into your head and go for. So yeah. 
because there, there is a domestic model on the market which is approved by nobody. Like it, <laughs> it's, it's just out there for gamers and you strap it on your head and you turn it on and it's, and it's meant to give you this accelerated learning used by the army to train snipers, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. all, you know, and in the, well, that's all done very scientifically by the army as opposed to you and I sitting at home. So, yeah, anyway, looked up some better schematics, did some real research, built it properly uh, in, in a way to restrict the milliamps to the, to the head to an acceptable level that isn't going to damage anything. Mm-hmm. And I've given it a bit of a test. Just this morning, actually, I was built up the courage to, <laughs> to try again. Mm-hmm. And, and I took some data. I know how Robin likes data. Mm. So, for a baseline test, we went on the aimtastic and did the flick test. I think. Ooh, okay. Is that one you've tried? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I played ten rounds of it until basically my score just leveled out. Uh huh. And and you know I don't I don't think I did too bad. I don't have anyone to compare it to actually on my friends list that actually play it. So I don't mm-hmm. know. But I got an average score of like a hit rate of ninety three percent. Wow. Which which is an average. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that, that's an mm-hmm. average m- missed four point six targets. So so hit sixty odd targets. Mm-hmm. So that was obviously without the. Yeah, get to the acronym for me, please. I can never um, get it right. yes <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was with, without yeah. that activator, and then then activator. I had a little short break, had a glass of water, and, and then came back and turned it on. Um, this time, no noticeable flashes of light in my right eye. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, you do get a slight irritation where the electrodes touch your skin, which is well documented, but not like you know you can't smell burning hair or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Man. there was, I, I didn't hit any more targets because the way the, the way that the exercise works is if if you click the targets fast enough, you get presented with more. You get thirty seconds just to hit, click as many as you can. So I, I took down an, an average of like one or two targets more in the time. Nice. Limit. Okay. But the but the accuracy went from, uh, yeah, targets missed went from an average of four point six targets missed to one point two. Whoa! What? Yeah, no so twenty six percent. Well, so were you? Did yeah, you have so it on during the exercise, or did you do it before yeah. the exercise? No, that was that was during the exercise. During so. that's nuts. Yeah. And like even yeah, the first game, um, the first game was my average misses with with, mm-hmm. with the headset on, and then by the second game, I only missed one target. Third game, I didn't miss any. Yeah, hundred percent. So wow. out of, out of those ten games I played, four of them were hundred percent accurate. Amazing. Which is which I which I didn't get a single hundred percent accurate without it. So <laughs> What? Yeah. yeah, I know. It's kinda of, it's kinda of singing its praises, but I'd still be still be dubious. Like we're we're talking about tiny percentages, but that's PUBG all over, isn't it? Like level two vest, level one vest. It's all tiny well, percentages. I yeah. don't know if like missing four point something and then going down to three mm. point something is well, it yeah, like sorry, one point two mm, was was right. all I was missing. Average, average average missing like just over one target per round yeah mm-hmm. yeah but, and, so but, to uh, me that's not a small percentage that's like yeah no, that's, you're that's a reduction of by like a factor you know 75 percent or four mm-hmm. yeah. true but like all good science data the more you collect the more accurate your results are that's so true. i only played 20 games all up i, I could have just i played yep. 10 games without it on first so maybe i just got better 
right. through my 20 games. So it's, it, there's no control measure. It's not not very scientific, but well, yeah. I, I, I'll work on it further but, and get, get mm-hmm. more data. Yeah, I, I have to assume that the TDCS made your science more accurate. <laughs> yeah, it made my spreadsheet right. look better. All yeah. right, all right, all right. Um, I, I'm curious to see how it goes if you keep studying it, and I should get off my butt and make one too. Robin, yeah, that's promising. I just mm-hmm. have to say, man, I I was worried. I was worried that one of our Discord members was going to go do this and was going to kill himself, mm-hmm. you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, end up an invalid or something. And our, our poor Heathy Keithy almost. I know. I felt terrible because he he messaged me pretty quickly on Discord that experience, and I <laughs> felt terrible. I like, oh, <laughs> like, oh man, no, like, it's not your fault, man. That, that's why they write "Do not eat sole of shoe on shoes" because somebody ate it, man. It's not. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> you know, I, unfortunately, Heathy Keithy, you, uh, you know, you didn't listen to the end of the segment where I thoroughly warned everybody to actually not do it. So, so if you're if you're listening to this right now, I'm going to put this before the end, which is don't don't try this at home, people. Mm-hmm. My advice: this is the unofficial winner winner advice, which is do it at home, but do your homework first. <laughs> do a lot yeah. of homework. This is your brain. You don't get neurons back. I asked some health nurses about this. I've got a couple of friends that are health nurses, mental health nurses, and I asked if they'd heard of you know the, the acronym, and they were like, "Yeah, man, I mean, we, we've got a department." You know? I'm like, "Really?" He's like, what? "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh, really? I built one at home," and he and he said, "Really? Are you serious?" Like, yeah. He goes, "Yeah, they're not that complicated, but you know, they're like they're, they've got a whole like a wing." They got doctors and nurses that all monitor this stuff, Whoa. and I'm just in my garage playing with it. So yeah, yeah. It, it's brain science. Yeah, don't 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 mess with it. But I doubt that the doctors yeah. probably buy some like really spendy device from oh. a medical supplier, which is basically the same circuit you have at home, you know. But, but I you, bet well, they, yeah. they charge like thousands of dollars for it. Of course, it's which medicine, reminds me, this is a good time it. to unveil our line of winner winner podcast <laughs> TDCS. <laughs> AIM improvers. Um, they're only $500 each. Free shipping and handling. Um, if you don't like it within the first, let's say, two minutes, then you get your money back. <laughs> if you're still alive afterwards, then you can go for a refund. Well, I okay, that is quite compelling, actually. I am excited to hear that you had a noticeable difference. So... Yeah, it bears further investigation. Hopefully, it was worth the initial death of the brain cells that you invested in it. Yeah, I'll I'll post the data on the Discord if you like, and you can have a look for yourself. Yes. and I'll probably put a picture of the device itself in in the hardware, or you can mm-hmm. make a whole another section so we can sell these things. Yep, yep. Um, that. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think it's time for a science channel. What do you think, Robin? I think we have a lot of channels. If we're going to make one, we got to destroy one. You know? <laughs> okay, challenge accepted. Or no, better yet, if you make one, you have to destroy three. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, that was a political joke. You know, sorry. Sorry, Xbox corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, further mm-hmm. alienating their Xbox listenership. All right, 
I think that this is a good time for us to transition into our main topic, which is all about uh, what we've learned from our tactics sessions and what we've learned in general from playing in squads. So, mm -hmm. Robin, just give us a little more background. What was it you did to collect this information? I sent out messages to a handful of people that I see in our squad in our squads a lot or in our, in our discord so we have some usual suspects um i'd say about six guys who are frequently in the discord playing squads together and so i just kind of looked at i i think it was basically who i could remember off the top of my head who plays frequently and sent out a few just like hey we're gonna do an episode on squads and was looking to collect thoughts from you guys on on what you what your best practices are or what what do you think makes good squad play your general like rules um or or ways of thinking about it it was something pretty vague and open-ended like that and um yeah, i knew i knew that was a group message oh, i was really hoping that was just sent to me no it, well it was <laughs> just sent to you but i sent a similar <laughs> message to a lot of yeah. people <laughs> not a lot I, th I think it was like four people to be honest um and I got two long-winded replies. One was from Icemac and one was from Heath. And so I wanted to take time to kind of use those as a guide for our discussion and just kind of go through what they sent me. And um, we can discuss kind of the merits of it. And and uh, yeah, just kind of go off of that. It's th th This first one is from Icemac and it's quite long. I think he has... He has one section on leadership, which is 10 points, and then he has a 25-point section on teamwork, and then um, he has some kind of like meta section after that. So, yeah, I'm, well, I think we should yeah. just kind of literally dig through that point by point, and we won't dig deep into each one, but at least mention and then um, kind of go through them. So, and then we can get to Heath's. Um, I don't know if we need to read Heath since it's here, but we can just kind of go over what your, because I thought your advice was pretty cool. It kind of took a different dimension than the typical just yeah. like in-game mechanics. So, mm -hmm. I, I think I could almost weave this into Ice Max stuff, like at the points he comes across. Oh, right on. Okay. My, my points are more from a like a trust and communication and morale more than actual go here and do that. Right. And the black and whites of, you know, do's and don'ts. So, yeah, yeah. we might be able to do both. So. Okay. Well, so Perfect. I noticed that Icemax's first section is, it almost seems like he's delegating different roles that can be played within the team. And right. I think this is this is a cool idea. And I feel like if I were really playing in a regular sweaty squad, I would definitely want to have a dialogue about these different uh, these different roles because mm -hmm. it's just so it increases your efficiency so much to have people whose specific job it is to you know keep an eye on this shit so i definitely applaud him for identifying this so so let's get into it here he has a couple of points about um kind of appointing someone to manage your drop which I think is, you know, right there, like if, if you and your team are indecisive about your drop and you communicate poorly about it and someone fucks it up, you know, you can often start like one or two team members down just from that alone. 
not fun. Yeah. So, so just having someone who's really kind of the person making the call about drop locations, dropping the marker, maybe even pointing out a couple buildings like, hey, you know, let's have two of us drop in this one and two of us drop in the next one over. Stuff like that, mm-hmm. I think, can really mm-hmm. be helpful. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally. There's also this other point in here. He says, drop audibles. I don't quite know what that means, but then he says, watch other team lines and adjust accordingly. So that's an interesting thing, uh, you know, which we all kind of do unofficially, where we're just kind of like, oh, there's people near us, or they're going to the warehouse, or, you know, kind of all mm-hmm. shouting it out. Um, but, but I think just, again, having someone who's actually paying attention to that and, and kind of directing the team accordingly yep. is, uh, is a really important thing. Yeah, I totally agree. I think dropping is is difficult because you're trying to watch all the other squads and you're also trying to watch where you're landing and watching 360 degrees and trying to land well at the same time is hard. So kind of delegating out like, okay, who's kind of watching close, maybe even like who's watching west, who's watching east. And then um, it's it's interesting because I'm already, I see a lot of roles here. And I want a way to consolidate them into your kind of like class, right? Where um, somebody's thinking about positioning and somebody's thinking about activity, right? Um, and yeah, this is, we'll, we'll have to think about that because he has 10 of them. So uh, I want to see if we can somehow I see organize that into, so you like, know, like someone is. Yeah, so ahead. like the, the next point he has here is blue zone police. Um, mm-hmm. which, and, and all of these, when I look at these, they seem like map centric. So mm-hmm. you could almost have someone who's like, you know, they're the person scouting out the drop spot and they're keeping an eye on the blue zone and just, you know, any, any calls that are related to the map. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yep. one really cool one to do. Yeah. So I, I would just say one, one kind of role might be a better word would be, uh, positioning role which is taking in information about circle and squads and then making a determination about where to be as a squad so yeah and that yeah blue zone drop location could yeah could, okay could even be stuff like where to go next things like exactly that. yeah yep so i mean uh this is next one. Oh yeah go, go ahead. for it um, this next one is really important and is often a point of contention within a squad. He's calling it aggression manager. And it's basically someone to determine when the fight should be taken and when it should be avoided. and Or when to retreat also. And this is, it's, it happens a lot where, you know, we're running through the woods and someone in the squad sees another squad but nobody else does and then they start engaging and there's definitely situations where that is a good thing to do and then there's situations where that's a bad thing to do so um having someone and i think that this is a little bit tricky to delegate to one person because sometimes if you see someone and they're citing you it it might be just the best call to shoot but maybe this is more of um someone should kind of set a policy at the beginning of yeah. the game in terms of what is it, style you want to have that's a conversation that we have in the plane normally is uh mm-hmm. on the way down and while you're falling is yeah if we we're trying to see as many people as we can before we shoot or at least get two eyes on mm-hmm. the one target mm, uh, but that's you know good. obviously if you're being sh- yeah you're being about to be shot just open mm. fire and tr- try and give us as much information as you can yeah that's good <laughs> and 
so like what would be two eyes i like that that's a quick way to say you know we need two people seeing the enemy team before we should shoot definitely Mm -hmm. get someone to confirm from a different angle even because well everyone's on a different angle all the time but yeah otherwise it's just a 1v1 or you might as well be playing solo squads with four people you know right right yeah yeah good call that's good this this next one i like too cat herder don't let people Mm -hmm. stray away from the group uh, or the plan and right this is this one can't be underestimated man you know especially since mm-hmm. i find one of the biggest uh one of the biggest problems in this game is boredom and mm. you know and i think this is one of the reasons why people tend to do stupid things like wandering off by themselves um or, or looting too much stuff like that is just that they want something to do while they're waiting for the rest of their teammates to do whatever it is they're doing yeah, I think Robin's really good at this one. He uses his passive aggression and just <laughs> extends it out. Oh, look, he, he's going rogue over there. You know, it's, it's, it's a nice way of saying just get back here now. Yeah, yeah. I've actually, I, I've kind of become a little worried. I, w- I wonder if I do that a lot in just my life. It's just kind of like I'll poke fun at somebody for doing something that I don't approve of, but I try to do it in a way that's like j- jabby and i think it's probably well taken most of the time but i bet oh sometimes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i definitely thank you for saying that i do try to cat herd if if i notice a cat wandering mm-hmm. but i've noticed that yeah. it's a role that like you kind of have to feel established within a group i think before you feel comfortable kind of like giving people shit for their behavior and telling them to exactly. like, fall in line <laughs> You need so. you need to have their trust, or they they're just not going to listen to you, even if you do tell them straight, or they'll get offended. Yeah, you know, which is not going to help anyone. Or know. more than likely, you just won't feel confident enough to say anything in the first place. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to mention I I would put this in the same category. Um, harder control, which he has a bit further down the list, which is he's basically stopped the loot whores and put focus back onto the plan. Uh, I I would kind of lump that in with cat herding. Um, but I think it is really important to just, you know, have someone on the team or a point where the team's like, we're rolling out and I don't give a shit if you haven't found your three X scope or your red dot Mm. or your vest or, you know, whatever. It's like, it's not about you, man. It's about the plan. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. So scouting, Robin, tell us about, tell us about that one. Uh, It's basically um he's saying scout future locations or stand guard against stand guard after a hot drop landing so i would call this um recon and basically whenever i try to do this a lot when i'm in a squad is everyone i'll notice when people are kind of in loot tunnel vision and i will take a point of stopping in each building I loot and look, looking out the windows as, in as many directions as I can and just scanning for a little bit and then moving on to loot again. And I do that if I feel like people are kind of keeping their head down a little bit too much and not paying attention. But I think if everyone did that, it would actually be helpful because um, everyone's going to have a different perspective. And it's just so easy to get caught off guard, especially in squads, because you think that you're safe because you're with your squad. And then, you know, those footsteps you, you come to find out weren't yours or weren't your squad mates. It's your, <laughs> some other team moving in on you. So, yeah. It's, that, again, I, I don't know if I would... I think scouting or, or having a recon role um, is good, but you wouldn't want to have it make other people complacent either. Um, 
So, but I think we've done things where we'll even have someone just like hang out outside of town on a good overlook and watch to make sure no one comes in. Um, so that's something we've done often, but it's, if someone's well looted, like let's say someone gets a care drop, then they might as well be full time recon and let everyone else keep looting. Yeah. So I was about to say that, that, that position kind of gets designated to whoever doesn't need to look at the ground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. And I do, I think this is one of the biggest ways to increase your win percentage as a squad is to have at least one person at all times whose sole responsibility is to just have their head on a swivel. Because, mm. I mean, it's just one of the easiest ways to lose in this game is, you know, you all get split up and you're all looting different buildings and all of a sudden you just lost two of your teammates. So, mm -hmm. yeah, this is a big one. You remember that challenge I put out a while ago to you could only loot from people you killed? Oh, yeah. Love that challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a... It was a really good training exercise because you realise, you know, you don't have to run to buildings anymore at all. You don't have to run, you know, into any major metropolis. All you're doing is looking for people and just about every time you find them, they're looking at the ground. You, your kill rate goes way up and it's really, it's quite enjoyable. But yeah, you're panicking all the time because you don't have enough meds and mm -hmm. destroyed armour. But yeah. it, it really trains you to look at everything really differently and realise how much time people just spend looking at the ground. Like, you know where they're going to be. They're going to be in that building trying to find the next thing, even if they've got everything. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's why it's good to know what you want, I think. I, I usually, that's why I love Sanok, because there's vectors everywhere. And I beyond that, I don't really care what I have. I could have an AR, a DMR, or a sniper, and they're all the same to me, and basically in how I'm going to use them, which is anything up over 50 meters. <laughs> and if it's an AR, I'll just put it on single shot more than likely. And um, yeah, it's just it's. I think it, it helps to know what you, what kind of game you want to have, because otherwise you're just kind of blindly looking around and wondering if there's good things to have or good opportunity. Uh, when you might already have the best thing you really want, you know. But there's always the one thing you could have, right? Like the instead of having um, the half grip, for some reason you want an angled grip or vice versa. And so you keep looking through every little building and, and room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or you need it's this. very easy to get fixated on what you don't have, yeah. But I've definitely fallen more into the, like, shooter camp. And, and I, I bring up shooter just uh, versus, say, survival, um, I've been treating this game more like an action game lately where I just like, I really want to get out there and have action. And so I get what I need and then I go hunting. It's like so. the fuglet approach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, me too. I have less and less patience for like these really kind of sweaty, cautious conflict of our styles of play. Like, I'm mm -hmm. just, I don't know. I, I spent my first thousand hours on that. Now I just, <laughs> I just want to go mm -hmm. out and make mm -hmm. some heads roll. Totally. All right. Um, let's go on to, actually, I want to see if I can consolidate that a little bit. Um, I think some of the things he mentions are, are things that everyone should be thinking about, but there are some roles maybe that could be distilled, like someone who's in charge of positioning the squad and determining uh, movement where we're going next, how long we stay here, that sort of thing. And that includes watching the blue zone. And then another one would be, um, and this could rotate, but having having recon, somebody who's like really um, looking around, especially during loot times. And then another one would be herder, someone who's just like 
who has a you know comfort level with everybody in the squad and can tell people to get back to the group if they're wandering <laughs> off too far. Yeah. Um, or 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 someone who's enforcing the buddy system or something like that. Yeah. So. I also like there's there's another point he has in here which is gear inspector, and and cash man, which is all about mm. just like keeping track of what gear people have and making sure that the the goods get spread around. That sounds hard to me as as a role, honestly. Both of those because I think that that's one of those things where it, you can't really know. I guess if you really were focusing on it, you could you could put some mental space into knowing what everybody has. But it's. I think that's going to clog the communication channels more than anything. So my approach has always been just, you know, if you need something, say something and make everybody aware. And so it's kind of up to everybody to um, voice what they might be needing. And then it's it's not something anyone can do. It's, it's shared. So Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. a, f- a few heuristics I've learned for this is that at the beginning of the game... You, you kind of pick up on this naturally as you play, but I think it's just good to voice some of these things. Uh, calling out level two gear or, you know, level two or above mm. is a really great mm-hmm, thing to do mm-hmm. early in the game. Um, calling out desirable weapons like M4s that you're not picking up or, you know, I'm, I'm leaving a car 98. That's usually really important information for your team to know. And um, another one which I've really learned over the the years, the years <laughs> that I've been playing this game, <laughs> is red dots. Like, pick up red dots in the beginning of the game, even if you don't need them, because there's you know there's always going to be someone on your squad who needs one, unless you know you're like ten minutes into the game. So that's a big one, you know, especially mm-hmm. for that teammate of yours that likes to carry a pistol. You got your P18C fetishist. Mm-hmm. And so that's just that that kind of thing. You know, just just knowing like, okay, these are the things that we always generally end up needing. These are the things to make sure we don't pass up. You know, don't don't walk by that AX scope and just assume that no one's gonna want it. Yeah, and I feel like our the people I play with on our Discord have, are really good about all of that. Um it's kind of a the norm now. So that's cool to see. But all right. So his next section is on teamwork, uh, do's and don'ts of good PUBG teamwork, he calls it. And let's just plow through it. And I just want to take this opportunity to thanking Icemac as well for putting these yeah. together. Um, he clearly put some thought into it, and there's definitely a lot of good suggestions. So thanks, man. This is helping us out. Um, so, uh, first one he has is don't be a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Solid advice. Always good advice. Um, avoid high risk moves that get you knocked in a way where it puts your teammates at risk if they try to pick you up. Okay, yeah. So be conservative and think about the team. Play as a team player. Do you think he's might referring to like you see a level two helmet out in the open and you think I need that and you just run at it? But, you know, getting shot in the head on the way there, it's, it wasn't worth going to get that level two helmet. Right. Well, high-risk moves, yeah, it could f- capture a lot of different things. Just, I just see people doing that with loot all the time. They'll, they'll risk their life to get a level two vest, but mm. you, know, you didn't need it if you weren't running out in the open getting shot to bits. You could yeah. have just had no vest That's and true. had better position. Another, yeah. another really right. common dumbass move I see is, like, trying to be the hero. So this is, like, either, you know, doing a really risky flank or, you know, just trying to go it alone. 
uh, stuff like that. Mm. Just, you know, going mm. for the glory, basically, when, when totally. really what you need to be doing yep. is just hanging with your team and, you know, making sure that you're safe and everyone's safe. Yeah, I think I think we've all learned that, or I have the hard way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, oh, there's a squad. I think I have them by surprise, and it's like, I'm like, and I have my squad to back me up, and then three seconds later, I'm just out of the game, and my squad's <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then he makes a great point here. Don't bother picking up the dumbasses, and I've lost. <laughs> You know, okay, have you guys had this experience where your dumbass teammate gets themselves knocked and then you end up doing something stupid to try to save them and then you end yep. up getting knocked and killed and meanwhile yep. your dumbass teammate stays alive and then they get picked up by someone else who did something smarter and then you're the only one out of the game and you're like wait yeah. th that's not the way this was supposed to work you are the yeah. dumbass you're like i try to save you everyone needs to back out now yeah. <laughs> totally man <laughs> i do that a lot yeah no i i definitely that's my maybe you mentioned like try to be the hero like that turns on for me when one of my teammates goes down and i'm suddenly in just a rush mode yeah and it's not worth it you know i think that there's something to be said for immediately trying to cause a distraction but do it in a tactical way in a conservative way where you're protecting yourself because um, that's going to make it more likely that you're going to be successful and actually save your teammate instead of just dying with them one little caveat is sometimes it, it in special cases it can make sense to kind of go out in a blaze of glory to quote unquote try to save a teammate if it's gonna help morale. <laughs> if, if it's gonna like sa salvage the game session in some way, right? Which I think can happen sometimes, especially in duos, right? So yeah, you gotta make the effort in duos, otherwise, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That you don't have their back, they don't have yours, the whole thing falls apart. Mm -hmm. uh, what's that leave us at? So. This one's simple, don't fall behind. Um, I think that's pretty basic kind of cover. Just mm -hmm. stay with your team, you know? Mm -hmm. And then this next one, don't drive a vehicle up to your team while they're trying to be stealthy. That's... Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure I've done that at least once. Yeah, um, context cues, mm -hmm. you know? Pay attention to your context cues. Yeah. Don't walk in front of teammates you know are shooting. I'm I'm yeah. terrible at this general, one. General gun safety. Yeah. yeah. I'll never forget the time you walked in front of me when I had the arm. Yes. <laughs> I just well, obliterated your head. Right. Which uh, I'll follow that up with don't fucking shoot your teammates when, <laughs> when they're in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> There's like nothing you could do. You zoomed in with an 8x scope and somebody walks in front of you from close range. <laughs> like there's... I had a level three helmet, man. <laughs> Did you have a level three in that situation? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so funny. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I managed to shoot my teammate off the motorbike the other day while I was on the back. I didn't know oh, you could do that. Oh, yeah. That's... Oh. I, I thought you, your hand went around their head, and I was spraying at some guys who went around the corner, and then they were on the other side of us, and I just flicked over, and then all of a sudden we were on the ground. I'm like, what happened, man? And it says down the bottom that I, I headshot him. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's you know, I wasn't I wasn't totally sure that that would happen either, so it's good to know. Uh. Uh, let's do a couple more of these. Do make quality enemy callouts. Don't waste communications with enemy over there. 
without using a ping or a pin. Now, now Heath, you had a cool uh, trick here. Tell us about this this ping thing that you do. Yeah, I got this one from MTB Trigger, who's also in the Discord. He's, mm-hmm. he's a great, great guy to play with. Um, he bound his ping button to his shoot button. So whenever he shoots, you, you know where he's shooting. It's It sounds simple, but it's mm-hmm. it works. kind of yeah, it could, and, and yeah, People it's, remind it's me cool. to do and that like every game. Like, hey, you should... Uh, you, you think you would <laughs> overwhelm the ping system or something, but it doesn't. It's fine. It just stays right, you know, wherever the last shot mm. was. Mm-hmm. But with um, MTB Trigger as well, he does. He uses push-to-talk, which I see is a question coming up. Um, and he tends to not push his push-to-talk button when he's in the middle of a fire <laughs> fight because he's too busy doing other things, you know. So it's really good to have that yeah. ping all the time from mm. him because yeah he's a great player and when you ask mm-hmm. him mid-fight what, what are you looking at and, you, and he just says nothing back he, you just mm-hmm. it's very frustrating you just know yeah. he's in mm-hmm. the heat of it yeah he's, he's got his tongue poking out and he's just blasting heads and you know it's great <laughs> it's great to have that on your team yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a great idea i'm definitely gonna have to do that myself it's kind of a no-brainer there uh this next one it's a police song don't stand don't stand so. Don't stand. Don't stand so don't close stand. to don't your teammates when you're getting needed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we rehearsed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Can't you tell the quality? So yeah, you know it's a good one, especially in the later circles. Uh, you don't want to all die to the same nade. Uh, this is a good one. Move to move. Start moving towards a safe location as soon as you're knocked, especially in the later circles, which is a really good idea, mm. actually. Just kind of get a head start if you think that that blue zone is going to come in on you. And he also says, don't pick up teammates knocked out in the blue during the fifth circle or later, which I've definitely lost trying to do this. Um, You'll fall into uh, a nice little pile on top yeah. of each other at the end. Yeah. yeah. Fifth circle. Do you guys keep track of the number of circle you're in or like that the game is yeah, on? Not really. Says it, I'd never it have, says it now. to be honest. I should do that. It says it above the minimap now. It'll say phase four or phase five. Mm, just okay. above the Really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's helpful. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Is, how does it say it? Is it just a number or? It says phase five. Phase. Mm. Okay, got it. Yeah, phase. Yeah. Oh, that's helpful. Okay. So how many phases are there? Is it like nine? I don't know. Nine? I don't know. I think yeah. I remember there's okay. like nine or eleven, something like that. Total. Mm. By the time you're at five, it's pretty. It's pretty small. Yeah, it's basically just the first time in the match when you look at the circle and think, "Fuck, that's small." That's yeah. <laughs> that's basically <laughs> basically what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Okay, do understand that team's kills in higher rank is worth more than trying to do a Rambo kill and die. Is he saying maybe that... Actually, I don't understand that. I understand the higher rank part, but not the team kills part. I think he just means that you get more points overall being a successful team than you do being like the guy who killed seven people. Oh. Which I, I don't actually know what the truth is around that, but... This game does generally reward survival more than kills, so I kind of believe it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do help navigate for the driver, and I think that's that's just classic PUBG. Like, as soon as you get in a vehicle, like, if you're not the driver, you should probably be assuming that you're the navigator. So. Yes, exactly. Check the map and, you know, give any, not just like the, the, 
bare minimum is to place a marker. Yeah. And tell them what what color of marker they're aiming for. And then bonus points if you can give some routing information or even place intermediary markers um, for them so that they have a good route. Because, you know, you don't want to be driving off a cliff or through a dense forest, things like that, or, or right through the middle of a town. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Something I picked up from Henry is that he'll often, like, someone will put a marker down at the bridge and then someone else will put a marker in George Paul or something like that. And he'll be like, okay, mm-hmm. go blue first, then orange. And yep. that's, that oh, can cool. be really helpful. Except I always will pass the blue one and then turn around and go back to the blue one. <laughs> nice. So Just one of those perfectionist players, you know, <laughs> did I, did I get the blue one? Oh man. Okay. Let's see. I'm going to skip some of these. Uh, let's talk about house breach roles. He says, do you have Ooh. house breach roles of either Nader or Gunner? And that's, that's a good one. Like if you're tossing a nade, make sure that you tell, this is just in general, whenever you're throwing a nade, tell your team that you're throwing a nade. Um, mm. Because mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. you're just, first of all, you don't want to have all of you throwing nades at once. And second of all, you want to know that that mm-hmm. pin you just heard is like your buddy's nade and that hopefully it's going in the right place and not in the wrong place. Right. Yeah, definitely. As soon as you get the idea to throw a nade, share that plan with your teammates. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, sure we've all stormed through the window and we've been blown up by our own teammates. <laughs> yes. Sometimes by my own grenade. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, one of my favorite. Throw a grenade in the window uh, and then like go around the corner of the house and jump in into the exact same room and just do the nade. <laughs> I think I've done that once. Something like that. Like, oh yeah, I guess that does make sense. Yeah, I saw this beautiful <laughs> clip of Shroud where he like, he, he nades the second story. He busts in the ground floor and it's one of those houses on Miramar where the stairs come down the back and he just like perfectly times it so that he just collides with his nade right as it comes down the stairs it was a beautiful self-kill I gotta say (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) yep oh this is a big one don't keep looting while your teammates are fighting fucking a dude this pisses me off so much <laughs> you know what, what if it's on the way man? like <laughs> i'm going through a house this is like there's some ammo there's a, a there's a grip it's like it's on the way you know and you're knocked out anyway so it's just saving i'm time. gonna call this the tim because I feel like Tim is the motherfucker who pulls this shit the most when I'm playing with him, where I'm, you know, it'll be like early game and I'll be like, there's two people on me in the warehouse and Tim will be like, oh yeah, right there, man. Yeah, right there. I'm just, you know, picking up this whatever the fuck ever. <laughs> He's like, oh, do you need, do you need a half grip? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's the blood boilage right there. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone's getting kicked out of the plane early for that. So yeah, yeah. man, like, like the moment you hear contact, like, st- like, unless you don't have a gun, right? Or unless you're literally trading out your pistol for an ump, like just get the fuck out of there and help your team. I like this. Don't loot your kills before picking up your teammates unless they are dumbasses and deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Weird. I see a code emerging here. Mm. Yeah. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. This next one. Do show patience and fall back to your team when you feel overloaded. So if you're kind of getting in over your head, 
I mm. guess, just kind of hurt up. Yeah. It's a big one, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, patience on the whole. I think this one is definitely true in more urban environments is where that seems to happen, where you kind of feel like there's this uh, showdown that might be happening soon, and you realize that you're a little estranged, and you know at that point it's like, well, should I try to retreat, or should I try to start picking these people off? And I think usually when you're outnumbered, um, it's a good idea to just group up. Yeah, just knowing when to run away from a fight is a pretty good skill in this game. It's a, a really hard skill, especially with the team, to try and convince the team to, to come with you. Totally. Mm. Someone's always still shooting and you're like, we're leaving, we're leaving, and then they get knocked <laughs> and then you have to go back to get them and <laughs> you're back in the fight again, you know? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like this this show is devolving into us just being just frustrated bitch with fast. <laughs> different behaviors that we see in squads. <laughs> But we're all talking about one person. We know we are. <laughs> it's just that one guy. Yeah. 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 So if you're um, listening, you know who you are. <laughs> so this um, one, don't rage, quit, or be a whiny bitch on comms after you're knocked or finished if your team lives on. You know, mm. I think that's a good one. But I, I, what I really wanted to point out was just how much your mood can affect your team. So mm. just, just you know, pay attention to your mood. If you're having a bad night, if you've been the first killed the last five games in a row, just, like, watch yourself, you know? And if you find yourself kind of dragging your friends down or bitching or I hate Miramar or whatever it is, you know, just, like, step away, drink some scotch, you know, pet your favorite cat, and then come back with, with your game face on. Good advice. Yep. Yeah, Very good. We've all been there. Yep. Just died again and again. And yeah, it does bring everyone down. You, you, how can it not? You're like, fucking, oh, man, I had that guy, I had him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they can't hear anything. All they can hear is you just screaming, oh, I should have shot him in the head. Yeah, that, that's, that's not helpful. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, exactly. Just hit mute, scream it at the screen, unmute. Good game, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go get a drink of water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can master that, like mood control or attitude control, then you've mastered quite a bit of life right there. Life, so, yeah. <laughs> that said, if your teammate dies early, then it's I think a good team just like finds a way to back out of that game, which is a pretty common practice. Um, I've noticed with the people I play with on our Discord that it's kind of... Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the culture has shifted in our Discord more toward just finishing the game. Um, I have noticed that slightly where if it's kind of, I think the threshold used to be maybe if we were less than halfway through a game, it was common to back out. And now the threshold is more like if you're 10 minutes into a game, you see it through. Um, which is like, that's a lot of sitting around if you die early, but you know, up to your, up to whoever you play with, you know, find something that works for you guys. Yeah. So lately I've been getting in that situation but no one's had a grenade or you know just in duos so there's only one person alive and you've got no one to shoot you um and so you think i'll stuff it i'll just run towards the gunshots and i'll get myself killed and you mm. end up just killing i mean why everybody can't you just leave, and it goes leave match. on and on yeah yeah exactly die. yeah you could you could leave match but <laughs> that doesn't even occur to me at all i've never even thought of that <laughs> that's so funny because i've noticed people <laughs> in that boat where they're like oh i don't have a grenade and i'm just like kind of thinking like isn't that just kind of ceremonial like why do you need to nade yourself? Like, just leave. Just leave the match. 
I'm not joking. I have not even thought of doing that. Wow. Because there's no... Because other games have like a suicide in the menu that you mm-hmm. can choose. Mm-hmm. Even if it did the exact same thing, like the coding was the same as hitting leave match. Mm-hmm. That's what... They should just pop it in there for fun. Mm-hmm. So, so you, yeah, it's not, it's not going to say, are you going to chicken out? You know, it's or like suicide cyanide capsule, yeah. like everyone yeah. has one. Like, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be great. You just froth at the mouth and fall out of the I would dome. love it in this game if every single person had, like, a suicide bomber vest, you know? And at any <laughs> moment, you could just pull yours. Like, I, I just... <laughs> this would be a different game, you know? Yeah, it'd be a different oh, game. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. Like, once you're knocked, you can just decide, like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this third section, what he's saying is... All of this stuff he said before is baseline, like good squad behavior, right? And once you have that stuff down, then it can start to make sense to talk about formations and movement tactics. Yep. And and what kinds of circle strategy you want to have, whether you're doing total edge, um, he's like one third between say, the edge of blue zone and the white circle, um, center of circle, etc. And I, I don't know if that... I would agree that those are totally prerequisites, but I do agree that they're fundamental, most of the things you brought up before. Um, but you can still have circle strategy, even if you're not playing with veterans. Um, but I, I think, yeah, success will vary if you don't have the fundamentals down. So, mm-hmm. But that is, you know, that's something that is a little bit harder to pull off, I found, is formations. Um, But it's I find that the most successful I've been with it is when I'm kind of tongue-in-cheek about it, (laughs) which is, like, kind of, like, shouting out, like, to form up into Vs and Diamonds when, like, it doesn't... It doesn't always seem like it makes the most sense, but it's, like, just kind of getting people to kind of rehearse it and practice and, like... It hardly ever happens. I feel like I'm hardly ever in formation when a d- battle happens. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard to stay in those formations because you're not like a marching band. Like the person mm-hmm. on the corner doesn't stand still when the person on the outside swings to the right. You yeah. Know, they, and it's, they don't, they don't uh, pivot. Yeah. The form doesn't, it never holds. As soon as you go around a corner or you come to a house, yeah, the exactly. formation's broken again. So you've got to keep saying it every time you're in an open field, basically. Yeah. That's why I, th- I think the buddy system is kind of tried and true. Um, instead of formations, because formations, they don't really make a lot of sense. Like, if you're moving through a forest, the way that I move through a forest or any terrain is I'm going to be thinking about shadows and I'm going to be thinking about cover. And I'm going to be making micro-adjustments to my path to take advantage and to either conceal myself or to make myself blend in more based on lighting, um, based on topography. And if you're sticking to a rigid formation, you can't... You're not allowing the squad to make micro adjustments to do stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I would vote generally for um, for kind of a buddy system or just kind of a configuration that's really flexible. Um, and that could be like, I don't know, someone's like being sneaky and following you as a sniper, right? And then there's like, other than that, you're squatted up or maybe like a... Uh, two snipers following who are kind of like out and way back and they're trying to be as concealed as possible while two people are kind of like loud and proud out ahead you know whatever you come up with um 
And that's actually kind of a fun idea. I like that idea. Well, thanks, Icemac. That was very informative. I think I can sum all of his advice up into don't be a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Or a whiny bitch. Yeah, or a whiny bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Solid words to live by. So I, I'm I'm really curious to hear from from the man himself, Keithy Keithy, Mister Trans Direct Cranial Stimulation. Um, <laughs> what yeah? What do you find really important about playing in squads, and, and what tactics do you employ? Yeah, when when Robin asked me the question originally, and I wrote back in text form where you can actually put your ideas in like some sort of sequential order, I found it really hard. Like I thought he wanted to, you know, specifics about you know jumping through windows and having someone on your elbow sort of thing, and I just couldn't come up with anything. And all I could really think of is what what I really push for is is to get that real synergy in your squad, and and it's not always there. Like even if you play with the regular people all the time, you know, they've had different things happen in their day and, you know, they might be grumpy or they've, they've been playing all afternoon or, and they've just been getting killed. So you've, you've got to deal with all these different attitudes and, and egos even. And, yeah, the first thing I try and work on is that team trust and communication and, and morale straight away. And you, you kind of have to be subtle with it. You don't want to be your Tony Robbins and just burst into burst into your game and start telling everyone you know be positive let's do this we've got this yeah team 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 because <laughs> yeah they just laugh at you but yeah yeah just try, oh, I know I know Robin's noticed that I do this kind of a bit more subtly like if somebody new joins our squad and they're really quiet you know you, you want to get that person talking because mm-hmm. and, and it is intimidating they've just joined a game so three guys have had a few games with each other and the fourth person joins the other guys already have a banter going on and the fourth guy's just not saying anything and mm-hmm. you got to kind of prize them open a bit and just just gently like mm. just with a, a simple example like just ask them what what gun they prefer and mm-hmm. whatever they you know they tell you that you like an ump then we, we just go come on guys let's make sure we get uh, rupert an ump mm-hmm. or what kind of lingerie and, their ex-girlfriend preferred yeah yeah, yeah well, that works as well yeah get some talking yeah but yeah, just simple things like that, and and then all of Ice Max sort of stuff comes a lot easier once you can win the team over, I suppose, and they feel comfortable to just to just to talk for one, but then then take advice and give advice without feeling like they're going to get ridiculed for it or yeah, mm-hmm. but and yeah, just a way to deal with like I played with a guy regularly and he's he's a really good player great player he um spots enemies really well but he had a tendency just to shoot them as soon as he saw them mm-hmm. and you know we're all out of position and, and we're yelling at him guy you know stop doing that you're getting us killed every game he's like no i shot the guy you just didn't shoot your guys you know and, and he would get really <laughs> defensive yeah and we're banging our head against the wall with this guy for a while but we, we kept playing with him until he pretty much decided like well let's just stop trying to change him he's a good he's a good shot he's a good player let's just let the dog off the leash and what we, we did instead was just really encourage him to use his words you know talk, talk tell us what he's doing whenever he was going rogue we just needed mm-hmm. him to say you know mm-hmm. oh, i can see some guys i'm going for them they're on the hill mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. on the right hand side of the warehouse and and with that information we could flank or we could back him up or we could just take cover you know <laughs> whatever, whatever was needed at the time and, and he's become a really treasured teammate because of that and I've and I told him this that I've I I set out to manipulate him in this way, you know. I, I didn't I didn't hide it, nor I didn't. This isn't like 
trying to yeah change change him. I'm just I said from the beginning, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get you talking and make you that's be awesome. part of the team instead. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And, and then then that gives them a chance to kind of buy in a little bit too. Um, and you know, it's just kind of be part of the process instead of you feeling like yeah. you're trying to manipulate them into some behavior that they may or may not be interested in acquiring. So that's right. The difference mm-hmm. between like manipulation and motivation is, is it's a yeah. pretty fine line, but one of them means that I'm trying to get something out of it and which I still am when I'm motivating my team, I am trying to get something out of it, yep. but it's not just for my benefit, it's for all of us. Yep. Know? And they, and they, you know, everyone wants to be a good team player and be valued by the people they play with. So yeah, I could see like buy-in isn't difficult to get if you're good at kind of communicating it and, yeah, it sounds like you did a great yeah. job there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cheers. You no, know, so yes. something oh. that I, I hear you really talking about a lot, Heathy Keithy, and I think something that kind of goes unacknowledged a lot in, in multiplayer gaming in general is just that interpersonal dynamics really matter. And it's and whenever you're trying to get a group of people to do anything together, interpersonal dynamics matter. And especially when you're trying to make it fun, which is ultimately what we're all trying to do when we play games, then it really matters. And I've really noticed that like having one person in your squad who's yeah either having a bad night or who's kind of not really picking up on the general vibe of the rest of the squad, either, you know, yeah, either because they're being really, really quiet and withdrawn or maybe the opposite, they're being that, you know, one person who just won't shut up. Um, it, I think that's really important. And I think it's especially important when you're playing with people that you don't know because, you know, you, you kind of fall into a routine with people you do know. And I think it's really important, like if you join a squad and you don't know anyone there or there are people in that squad that you don't know, I would definitely encourage just some listening, right? Like, it's just like anything else. Like if you, you know, if you if you walked into a bar and you sat down next to a group of three friends who were talking, and and you wanted to kind of start engaging them, you might just kind of try to pick up on what they've got going on before you do, right? So, I think that's that's a really good just rule to apply in life in general, and you know, and just just try to kind of keep keep you know if if you're hanging out with a bunch of jokers then, you know, great, jump into it. Um, you know, but I, I've just discovered that sometimes there's there's like that one person in the squad who's just clearly not quite picking up on the fact that like no one's laughing at their jokes or, you know, no one wants to kind of agree with them about the sexist or racist shit that they're saying, you know? And, you, you know, you kind of, after like 10 minutes, this person's just like still not, hasn't, really realize that like no one's interested in the stuff they're saying right um so you just you know don't don't be that person like just pay attention to yourself watch yourself and you know i I think just give yourself a good 20 minutes ease into it you know run a few of your jokes out there see if they get a response you know just kind of like treat it like a first date and don't you know don't just like pull out all your dirty laundry and all your lingerie and <laughs> yeah. Expect it's gonna but work out. Being that guy though, or, or, the, or that girl, you know, like it's it is a defense mechanism for them as well. You know, they want to be part of the team, and they that's what they want to do. Mm. You know, or that's mm-hmm. how they react as opposed to being quiet. And I'd, I'd much rather try and handle the person being quiet than the loud person because the loud person to shut them down is almost you know it is confrontational. 
uh, you just you have to draw your line. You know, like I, I can't hear people running up on me because you're speaking so loud. Mm, mm-hmm. That you know, that it, it, no matter how you say it, that someone can take offense to that. Yeah. Oh man, I have I have a lot more issues with that in like Rainbow Six than I do in this game because there's so much kind of like quiet downtime in this game, but in R six it's like there's you're like trying to hear footsteps like two rooms away and people are just blabbering in your chat channel but anyway. <laughs> yeah, like like quiet people, you can give them a job, and it, it sounds patronizing, but you, know, you say, <laughs> oh man, I, like I'm I'm really bad at seeing the player count late game. Can you? you just shout it out for me as we go like every few minutes just shout out how many people are alive mm. and that's at least one job where they have to talk you know mm-hmm. yeah and then when they tell you you know you get cheers man like you, you don't have to give them much just a little pat on the back and that, that's just great you're part of the team mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. and it, as long as it's genuine as well you know what I mean? yeah you know, good, good job Billy. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah yeah I, I really like that. I want to highlight that aspect of like being on the same team. Like um, I've noticed this a lot lately. I work a pretty, it's a pretty intense job with a team of, of people, you know, different ages and people from around the world. And I've noticed how it, I've really gotten to see how team dynamics affects just productivity and the quality of a finished product. And I've noticed that Whenever people approach something like we're on the same team trying to figure this out, then things tend to go really well. And whenever there's someone mm. who's like, you fucked up, or you, you know, like you're not doing this right. Well, you know, I, I didn't know who was supposed to do that. Just all of these kind of attitudes. Like that's yeah. when you start getting people like muttering under their breath, just being like, well, fuck you, man. Or, you know, yeah. I don't feel like doing good work for you anymore, you know? And, right. and so just that, that, tiny shift going from like we're both on the same team working on something to like all of a sudden like the three of us are on a team and you're not anymore like that shift is subtle but it just it means everything yeah i think it it it's sometimes people will have something to prove right and that can mm, kind of yeah. really mess with the team dynamic um but i think we've had really good luck with our discord um and Especially, I mean, we've had some people kind of come in who are really loud people. <laughs> I've only had this happen once where there's like someone that came in and just like would not shut up and like everyone kind of found an excuse to like stop playing. <laughs> oh no. But for the most part, I mean, everyone's got this like kind of social stuff and like team team dynamic stuff down. But there's there's always ways to improve, right? Like there's always ways to kind of boost um a sense of teamwork and and also just like positivity and acknowledgement um like i've i've noticed that it's crept into my texting style like when i text message people on my phone where people will send me some information and i'll just say like i'll send back copy i'll just say copy back (laughs) 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 um that's probably unnecessary but it's something i use a lot in game is if somebody gives me information Mm. I say I acknowledge it somehow. Um, I think yeah, that goes a long way to, too, yeah. and in building a sense of connection and teamwork. There's nothing worse when you go, "Oh, does anyone want a vertical foregrip?" and just crickets. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Say no at least, or no, thank you. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. I'm good. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Just general courtesy, I think, is left out of video games completely nowadays. Just your pleases <laughs> and thank yous. It's, it goes a long way. Yeah. Robin, I was just imagining you, like, lining up a date on Tinder, you know, and, like, they're like, okay, meet me at, you know, meet me at Lucky's at nine. Copy. <laughs> yep, copy that. <laughs> roger, roger. <laughs> Acknowledge. <laughs> Uh, cool. Uh, Heathy Keithy, do you have any other, you know, any other thoughts to share on this before we sign off? Uh, no, not really. I've got to go pick the kids up from school, man. This has gone for ages. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's been great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We'll have to follow up again, maybe on that, um, transcranial direct current stimulation. Um, yeah, or- I'll send you some data. You can make a graph. You want to do I that? would love to make a graph. Yeah. Yeah. Better make mm-hmm. it accurate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, where can people find you in the world of the internet, Heathy Keithy? Oh, wow. Well, I don't know. The Discord, I suppose. I don't really want people to find me. No, I've got, I've got, a, um, I've got a Twitch account as well. I think it's called Heathy Keithy. Yeah. And you've made, you've made a couple of YouTube videos that are, are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the videos I put on Twitch, um, they're, they're just a bit of fun, really. So, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm not looking for people to follow me or whatever. You can if you want, but yeah. I'm not trying to get famous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too late, buddy. Too late. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Wait for the phone calls and the lacy underwear to turn up. So. Well, yeah. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. It's, you know, it's been really awesome having you on the show, and it could happen again. You know, especially if I find some concrete shoes for Robin. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to you listeners at home for continuing to listen to us week after week. All of this, hopefully you can separate the M&Ms from the drool. And we'd love to have you join us in our Discord. Link to that in the show notes. We have an Xbox club. We have a mobile club. This game's coming to PlayStation soon, so we'll probably have to figure out something for that too. And of course, you can always throw money at us, which people tend to like, whether or not they're taking off their clothes. So um, that's our Patreon, and that's also in the show notes. And uh, yeah, I don't know, Robin. Do you, you know, you're gonna, you're still doing tactics. Got any announcements to make about that? Um, I need to switch the night because I have a thing on Mondays now, and so I think Tuesdays could work for me. And so, if you guys are looking to do um, tactics, or I think this week I'm gonna try customs and just see if I can roll with that. Um, and I'm gonna be starting that at um, let's say 7 p.m on this next Tuesday, Pacific time, 7 p.m. Pacific. So, Robin, yeah. what time do they do maintenance? So, don't they do that Well, Tuesdays? It's like when they do it. Have they been doing that consistently? Yeah, reasonably consistently. I think uh, it is on yeah. Tuesday. I don't know. It's just whatever yeah. day you I'm pick, actually like really busy aside from Tuesday. Yeah. So, um, Well, check it out. So if Tuesday doesn't work out, then T-Worlds, man. It's all about T-Worlds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> T-Worlds forever. <laughs> Got it. Let's shoot for Tuesday 7. If it if it's maintenance, then it's maintenance. Yeah. But. Cool. Okay. All right. Also, all right. many thanks to Spiffy Man for the music for this episode. We continue to love and bow down to your musical prowess. And, yeah, I hope you guys choose to join us next week for another edition of the Winner Winner Podcast. And for now, that's Arjuna signing out. All right. Robin out. All right. He's out. Thank you.